guys. Welcome to episode 172 of a Wrestling Gal podcast, providing you with the female perspective on all things wrestling. Join me, your host and wrestling enthusiast, Ella J. As today, I am joined by Pro Wrestling's rarest gem, Gemma Jewels. Now let's chat. Hello, everybody. Today I am joined by Pro Wrestling's rarest gem, Gemma Jewels. So, how are you doing today, Gemma? Hi, thank you for having me. Um, I'm doing really well. I woke up not too long ago, so, uh, you know, I um, kind of Mondays, I, I sleep in a little bit more. But yeah, I've been super excited for this. So thank you again. Honestly, though, sleep is really essential, especially doing all the crazy oh, yeah. things that you do. It's really essential. So nothing wrong with sleeping in. Right. I worked all weekend, too. So. <laughs> same. Same. So I feel you. But firstly, how have you managed to stay positive or maybe sane throughout this last year plus of craziness in the world? Um, well, as far as that goes, like I actually had um, not the very best start as mm -hmm. far as wrestling. I started at a, um, a school that really wasn't what it says it what it yeah. said it was mm -hmm. and um you know my I left there finally um with just like no self-esteem and and just not really knowing anything um and and it was just really difficult and that was before I went to Nightmare Factory mm -hmm. so um that was uh already kind of a rocky start for me and then you know there was a time period where I almost gave up because after starting at the new school everybody seemed to kind of know what they were doing and I just was just super lagging mm -hmm. so that was already um, something difficult in itself. But, you know, one day things did click for me, which I can go into maybe a little bit later. But um, as far as the pandemic, like I had so after things finally clicked for me and I was I was applying myself and doing super a lot better and doing super well. Um, then I actually tore my ankle and was out mm -hmm. for six months in a boot, of course. <laughs> and then after that, um, I was ready to kind of hit the ground running again. And that's when the pandemic hit. And then we were only out for about like three months. The school was closed. Oh. So it wasn't mm -hmm. terrible, but I hadn't debuted yet as far yeah. as shows. So it didn't really affect me that much in that aspect. Just the training part, which of course it was just frustrating, but it wasn't honestly the worst thing that could have ever happened. But one thing it did allow is that, you know, from the lack of employment that was around um, during 2020, I was able to put uh, all my time and effort into wrestling, which was great and training four times a week. Yeah, like you said, I was going to mention this later, but since you already mentioned it, along this kind of three-year journey you've had over the last few years, like you said, you unfortunately tore your ankle. So can mm -hmm. you tell us more about that experience and how the journey to recovering, really? Oh, that was the worst. And it was something so stupid, too. It's never like a huge flip or something insane mm -hmm. that you're doing when you really hurt yourself. It's something as far as even just getting into the ring and you bang your knee on where mm -hmm. the plywood's exposed or something. It's it's always something stupid. It was just a Saturday. Um, 
and it was kind of like an open ring and we were just doing some stuff here and there. And I was hot shotting somebody, which is, um, you know, where I, I was on the outside of the apron mm-hmm. and literally, and just kind of grabbed behind their neck, obviously. And, you know, for that move and mm-hmm. jump straight down, that's mm-hmm. all I was doing. I just jumped straight down and I landed completely wrong. I think I thought I hit the ground before I did. Mm-hmm. And as I landed, I was like, I think I broke my foot and, it instantly swelled up to like the size of a softball. Um, not having insurance was difficult, but uh, I went to urgent care and they had put me on crutches. And then I actually borrowed the boot because they're damn expensive. Yeah, you know? I borrowed it from another student in the class and I used that for a while. Um, and just kind of, it, it killed me, but I stayed, I had to stay off of it. Mm-hmm. I just, I had to, there was no choice. And I probably stayed out, um, you know, about five or six months. I probably stayed out a few months over, but my biggest fear was going in and screwing it up further and then being done mm-hmm. for good, which is so, I mean, because obviously with sports and injuries, there's still in any sport, so much pressure to get back out there and get in the game. But with this, I just didn't want to push anything. Since my ankle, it wasn't something, you know, it's, it's definitely needed for a lot of things in wrestling. That's for sure too. And, and especially after recovering and then returning now, do you find yourself being weary or hesitant doing certain moves to kind of just stay away and stay on the side of caution in regards to your ankle? Yep, definitely. If I do like too many, um, uh, like if we're running some kind of drill and I do too many of something where I may be jumping too, too much, or maybe some up and overs, things like that. Um, when that happens, that's when I can feel it in my ankle, like already telling me, Hey, stop, what are you doing? So I still kind of get that where I'm like, all right, I got to sit out for a second because my ankle is telling me to, you know, so that's, that's been still difficult, um, there, but then I actually had, um, a couple months like back, like Mm -hmm. over a little over six months ago, I rolled my right ankle when I fell down the last three stairs in my apartment sober. I'm just a big klutz really. And, uh, I was holding my purse and I, I think that I couldn't see my feet. And then I, um, it was that, I don't know. I just took a step and then, rolled the right ankle but it wasn't nearly by any means as bad I just needed help getting up I'm old I guess (laughs) so um but yeah so they're both I mean the right one is a lot better now but the left one I still I just still have to be very wary of it so yeah yeah that I I'm somebody who has weak ankles well at least my right ankle is really weak because I've sprained it three times so now even doing Mm. like the simplest thing like if you're running too long or whatever it gets really aggravated and you're like oh my gosh not again you know know, so it's it's hard I didn't know for so long when I was like when I I worked in the airport for Mm -hmm. a while um at the airport so in Atlanta so I was walking you know a very long distance to get to where I needed to be for duty freeze who I was working for and um I didn't realize it would swell it would swell up to the size of a baseball still mm-hmm. just for what from walking yeah on it. and it scared the hell out of me to be honest yeah I, I can completely relate to that even just walking yeah. yeah even like not even that far and it you you Mm-mm. feel it it gets tender and then you're like oh my gosh I like you hope you didn't break it or whatever you right, know right I, I, I understand that's what I was so afraid of yeah. I was like I gotta get a brace and actually you know what wearing I don't wear the braces anymore um knock on wood I uh I don't have to um 
I kind of slowly weaned myself off of it. But for a while, mm-hmm. I was switching from the left ankle to the right. So that worked wonders for me, actually, um, just doing that, you know, wearing the braces. Mm-hmm. That's a good That's a good step, though, that you don't really have to wear it anymore. Like you said, knock on wood. But, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's a good progression for sure. Absolutely, yeah. And now looking back on the last three years that you have said has been a really hard-fought battle, after everything you've gone through and overcome to get to where you are now, how do you feel kind of looking back knowing you've already accomplished so much personally? Um, Well, I'm super humble. Some people tell me that I'm too humble when it comes to wrestling because I just still, I mean, it's a constant learning experience. Mm -hmm. Um, You learn, you know, I just, I plan to train just like, for my entire career because there's always something different and there's always something new and it's fun and it's exciting. Um, but you know, looking back on it, I am obviously super proud of myself, but I hear it mostly from a lot of my close friends that they've been inspired and they're proud that I chased a dream that I had and all this. And I really, um, that means a lot to me. And, you know, that's, uh, one of the main reasons I, I do what I do aside from loving it. It's, it's nice to just see, you know, maybe young girls or children at the shows and they come up to you like, are you a wrestler? And that kind of thing was, was really what was in it for me just to perform for them and give them a show and, and show, you know, young girls that they can do this too, because that was the biggest, uh, that was definitely the biggest obstacle, um, growing up. I remember thinking like in middle school, why do, why don't we have a girls wrestling team, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So, um, that's part of it, but I, I really do looking back, I, I can't believe it's been that long already. But I'm I'm pretty happy and satisfied with with where I'm at where where I'm at now. I only debuted back in March because again there were a few obstacles, um, and I really just wanted to make sure that I was absolutely ready. But I debuted at my school, and we have you know um, some to help with AEW's production team there, so our shows are very professional looking, and it was great. And I couldn't have asked for a better debut, you know, as opposed to like a high school gym maybe somewhere in South. Georgia with somebody I've never worked with. I was able to work with, um, somebody I've trained with for two years and it, it was great. Um, and so it's the best feeling ever. And it's, it's funny because when you debut, it's like, that's eventually what you're trying to get to, but that's really only the beginning. Yeah, too. Like you said, it is a learning process and you're constantly striving to learn and gain more knowledge. You also recently had the opportunity to attend a seminar held by the wrestling legend Jazz. So how was that experience and what are some of the things that you took away or learned from it? That was a lot of fun, and I was so happy to meet her. She is awesome, and she's so chill and laid back. And, you know, one of the most important things I remember I asked her, I said, you know what, when we had kind of a Q&A time, I was like, what um, are your regrets? And she was like, I don't have any. And that that was amazing to hear because she wasn't the typical, you know, um, bleach blonde, playboy mm-hmm. bunny looking like maybe Tori and Stacy and mm-hmm. Sable and others, you know, she was different. I think that's why she left such a big mark on the business. Um, during the seminar, we did a lot about, um, being able to, I guess, uh, feed properly into moves and, um, a lot of chaining, um, because that's a lost art. Um, and she was, she was great and she just was very, um, very helpful in coaching and, uh, she still, you know, she actually performed, that was at, um, Belladonna division in Gaston, mm-hmm. Alabama. Um, that's a great promotion. I had a blast. It's run by Casey Dillon and she's great. And, um, 
Yeah, I had a blast being there, and I ended up, I wasn't scheduled for the show, but I ended up being in a five-way in the show, and that, I hadn't Ooh. even been in a three-way uh, triple threat before, yeah. so this, this was uh, interesting for sure, and I was just, and I ended up winning, so that that was great too, um, so I had a blast there, and uh, definitely respect Jazz, and she had a lot of good knowledge, and um, you know, I'm hoping to eventually run into her again. Fingers crossed. She's been doing a lot of wrestling. She's kind of on this last leg Mm -hmm. of her retirement tour, but I know she's really huge into seminars, not only with Mission Pro, but like the one you just mentioned, too. So it's it's cool to gain experience and knowledge from somebody who's been in the business for 20 plus years and has a plethora of knowledge and ability that she can share with everybody. Right. Especially a woman, because Mm -hmm. I've been to many seminars, but a lot of women don't do that. Yeah. That that's very true. Speaking of wrestling legends, again, I know Nikki Bella is was actually a huge deciding factor for you when finally pursuing the professional wrestling business. So what drew you to Nikki Bella or why does she specifically inspire you as well? Oh, well, um, you know what happened? I mean, I, I always loved wrestling growing up, but I mm-hmm. kind of fell off of it, obviously, when I turned 16 and made friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, and started high school, like made high school friends and kind of just was going out and just experiencing life at that point. Um, so I kind of but I it was always in the back of my mind. I was always a wrestling fan, but um, I saw Total Divas is mm-hmm. what I ended up seeing on TV again. And that is ultimately what drew me back in. And <clears throat> she was a big star on there. But I was like, see, like, I always wanted to do this. And now there's a show about these women. And I just I always wanted to do this. And it just kind of reignited that flame within me. But my biggest issue was I was like, how do I even get into this? Where do mm-hmm. I even start? Like, what, what am I supposed to do? So that was uh, always the, the difficult part. But Nikki stood out to me because she's just simply just gorgeous. And she she kicked ass and really stood out and made a name for herself. And I feel that her and Brie paved the way um, and definitely helped. I mean, aside from the obvious, you know, Lita and Trish. And yeah. That's who I- Grew up loving and watching, of course, Stacey Keeler because I'm 5'11", too. Mm-hmm. So got the legs. And, uh, you know, I, I take a lot from her as well. But um, I think that uh, some of these women don't get enough credit and um, people want to hate on them or just whatever. think that they only got their, you know, where they are by um, – uh, getting along with certain male wrestlers, you know? <laughs> so, um, but I, I really just think that if, if you're looking at the bigger picture, I mean, they, uh, they could have easily just, just failed and WWE could have easily said, no, never mind. We don't have anything for you, but, um, they were never fired. were never under fire for any kind of scandals mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like they, they really rocked it and, um, they could both work as twins and be, a unit, but they could also, they had great solo cars as well. So that they, they ruled every aspect of the business, tag teams, solo careers, both as champions. And just, um, they were just beautiful and they kicked ass while doing it. And that's, that's what always stood out to me. And that's what got me into it when I was little, when I would watch women like Tori Wilson and, um, that's ultimately, you know, I remember just thinking, cause there's no, I, there's no special, uh, story for me on how I got into wrestling. It's really just, I grew up and I would be flipping channels and I thought it was mm-hmm. cool. And, um, I just always stopped on it and, uh, was entertained by it. So it wasn't like my parents were into it or took me to wrestling when I was little, nothing like that. I just sought it out myself and just loved it. 
Now, how excited were you for the Bella Twins getting inducted into uh, the 2020 Hall of Fame, technically, but they were officially ceremoniously inducted this year at WrestleMania? How excited were you? Oh, very, very excited. Um, That's awesome for them. And uh, I'm I'm super proud of the number of uh, women that they have put in there. I do think that it's all been very well deserved. And um, it's it's a big step forward for women, as I mentioned, you know, because I only actually recently um, kind of going off topic here. But I found out that um, like in Oklahoma or like Iowa out there in some of the Plain states, um, they have a wrestling league for um, seventh grade, you know, that area for all women. And there's like 500 plus um, uh, young women at these tournaments. I love that. And- I know. And if you Google the story, I Googled it myself Uh because I didn't believe it. I loved it. And clearly it's taking off because if women can do karate, if they can do MMA, why, why can't they Mm -hmm. wrestle? What's, what's wrong with that? You know, um, even in amateur wrestling, because I think it's kind of like almost gymnastics because it still teaches that discipline and that strength. So I think it's, it's great for women, for young girls to be able to try that. Um, so that was really exciting. And I just think that, um, as we keep adding more, more superstars, such as the Bella twins into the hall of fame, that we can really continue to pave the way for young women. Now you talk about female power and strength. I know another person you really love to emulate is the second generation superstar, Charlotte Flair. So (laughs) in your own words, what about Charlotte Flair's style or in-ring ability really strikes you the most to where you emulate it? Well, I'm 5'11", and um, the majority, it's almost like every every show that I've been to, I've been called Charlotte Flair by an audience member. It's so funny. It really is like both. I, I couldn't believe it. Cause I, you know, obviously you can hear the fans and, mm-hmm. um, and in both, both of them, I've just been called that. I think just my long blonde hair and I'm tall or whatever, but, um, I really like her style in that she does just, you know, a few simple things, but they work extra well for her because of her height and cause she can carry it off. And that's ultimately what helped me because, um, when I mentioned I almost quit because, uh, you know, I came in at Nightmare Factory and mm-hmm. everybody seemed to be really ahead of themselves and really know and just even new girls would start and they would just know everything and take off. And I'm just like, what am I missing? What what is wrong? Like, why can't I retain any of this? What What is the deal? And I, I ultimately came to the conclusion um, that. I was thinking that everybody had to do 8 million flips and be Mm -hmm. almost Lucha like exactly like basically like that. Like I, I was convinced that you had to know how to do every single one of these moves and all this stuff. But then I finally realized, no, you don't have to, you do what works for you. And that's when I decided one day I was like, all right, I'm, you know, I'm either going to quit or I'm, I'm going to get serious about this and figure out a way for me to learn it. So then I went home um, that weekend and I um, I watched nothing but tall wrestlers and uh, how they work their bodies in the ring. You know, Scott Hall, Undertaker is my mm-hmm. number one favorite yes. in the world and also my favorite human being. Like, I, I love that man. So uh, him and then uh, Charlotte was a lot of what I watched. Um, just tall people. Yeah, Scott Hall and, and Kevin Nash, just how they did it. And I realized that she had a set move that worked for her or set skills I guess you could say same with Undertaker that worked for them and they didn't they weren't really high flyers and it's okay not to be you can 
perfect and really sharpen the moves that work for you. And that is ultimately what what really connected me to Charlotte Flair. And a lot of people, even just at my school, have just compared me um, to her as far as just, I guess, my look. So um, that's kind of where that connection came from. So now she she's absolutely one of my favorites, but she is incredible at what she does. And it's so funny because she never even wanted to be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. She only did it, you know, because of her um, her brother that yeah. passed away. He wanted to. And she felt she needed to complete that dream for him. And I don't even think she ended, she thought it was going to take off like this for her, but she really has proved herself. And that's, I just try to emulate, you know, as far as like big boots and not moonsaults yet. I'm still a little uh, afraid of doing (laughs) any kind of backflip or something, but um, yeah, just her different, different uh, things that she does um, and she owns her size. And that's something that I need to learn better to do, but um, that's mainly my, my big attraction to her. So I'm curious too, you said moonsaults are kind of off the table, which I don't blame you for. Cause I'm not very one. I'm like, I can't do heights either. So yeah. in regards to like trying new stuff or maybe match stipulations, is there any kind of specific match stipulation that you want to tackle or one that you aspire to conquer someday? Um, I don't know, honestly, I guess, I mean, I'm not really too into the hardcore stuff. I, you know, far be it from me to, Mm -hmm. to, I mean, if you'd like to do that and that's your style, (laughs) then by all means, um, that's fine. Um, as far as like, you know, thumbtacks, barbed wire and all that stuff that I don't think that that's for me, but, um, certain match stipulations, I don't know. I'm, I'm not the biggest tag team person yet. Um, I'm still kind of learning a lot about that. We do a lot of those training matches at our schools. Um, but I think that I, I mean, I obviously would love to be in a championship match. Um, I think a triple threat would be interesting and fun. Um, I don't know about a fatal four way. The five way was, uh, a lot already (laughs) to handle. So, um, as far as match stipulations, you know, no DQ would be interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd be willing to use a kendo stick or something like that. Like I, I think that kind of thing would be fun. Um, I don't know about cages, but I don't know if that happens very often uh, in the local promotions, at least. But um, as things come along, I'm, I'm just, you know, depending on the angle and who I'm wrestling, what we're doing, I'm pretty open for the most part. Just I'm I'm not all about uh, uh, bleeding all that much. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't blame you, especially, too, after the injuries you had. You want to protect yourself. Completely exactly. understand. Yeah. <laughs> so something I'm really curious to know more about too is when you were transitioning from your real name Zoe Walker to now Gemma Jewels, was it weird or difficult to you adjusting to a new ring name at all? It I mean it still is, um, because I've just been known as Zoe for so long mm-hmm. because my character took so long to get to. Mm-hmm. And that is another reason that I also um was kind of lost within myself because I didn't have a character yet. And I didn't know I was just learning everything under the sun. You know what I mean? So it was hard to just say, Oh, I could do that if I wanted to do this Mm -hmm. and this would look good now. But I, um, it was so funny because after that weekend, you know, that I took like four pages of notes, then I returned to training and my trainer QT was like, I don't know what you did, but you're a hundred times better. Mm -hmm. And that was the only push that I needed. And then it was like the last 
it was like shortly after that or even maybe on the same day after I returned and really put myself out there and stopped being so afraid to take stuff and just doing it. Um, it was like the name just kind of hit me in the face. No pun intended. It, it, it was like my, my name, um, finally, cause I knew I always wanted it to be Gemma because, uh, it's paying homage to sons of anarchy. Actually, yeah. Gemma Teller's character. It was my favorite. It's my favorite show in the world. And a lot of people have called me Gemma. Um, just, you know, cause kind of how she is. Katie Seagal's character doesn't take shit from anybody. You know, she's a badass, and, and that's that's kind of the representation I wanted for that. Um, but I didn't know about the last name because I was thinking, like, Jolt maybe and maybe Electricity or something yeah. like that. And like, no, that's not really me. But then it just sounded so good. I just had it in the back of my head. It's just Gemma Jules and Jules and Jules and Jules, and it just kept kind of flashing in my head, and I was like, well, why not? And then I didn't even realize that – gems and jewels how it makes sense so i was even more excited then and um it it is still hard transitioning you know ring name because i'm I'm being called my real name still by everybody Mm -hmm. because that's how they've known me for so Mm -hmm. long but sometimes i know eventually it can get interchangeable because i i do it all the time with certain people i'll call you know we'll call each other by a training like last names you know interchangeable wrestling names all that so that's what's funny about it but uh, they still respond everybody still responds so I'm still getting used to the name, though. <laughs> now, as pro wrestling's rarest gem, how invested or interested are you in gems and jewels in real life, if at all? Oh, very much so. Okay. Um, I'm not really like a big, you know, collector, but mm-hmm. I've got like nice um, jewelry and things like that. So I kind of put it with um, I put it more towards like my wrestling persona and gimmick I didn't really make it all about a personal interest but I just think like with you know studs on like my gear and I even have like a a great idea for um you know when and if I I'm become a heel character Mm -hmm. um because my I then found like my catchphrase Jules rules um, I think that I could end up having like my own, you know, rule book, something like that. Oh, so I like I, that. There's, yeah, there's a lot to, to play with about it. Um, so there's just so many different aspects that I wasn't really focused on just gems and, and jewels, uh, part of it. But, um, it's funny because I don't know if, if anybody has heard of him, um, Diamond Sheik, uh, he came out of one of the Nightmare Factory training classes and he actually is a celebrity jeweler. Mm-hmm. So him and I were thinking of like teaming up like intergender, um, you know, match style, which I think would be awesome. So, um, yeah, I'm, I love him and he even posts things on his like story, like gem of the day. And I'm like, oh, I love that. That's perfect. You know, so we've been kind of bouncing ideas off each other, too. But I feel like there's so much that I could do with the name. For sure, too. There's a lot of potential there, and again, there's so many like gems and jewels. You could, I think, it'd be really cool to intertwine it with the, with a the heel character character coming up. Like you right. get the, the power from the jewels or the gems. Or, you know, you could do it. You could yeah. spin it a lot of ways. But talking about your character too, and as you said, you're kind of still evolving and developing your character and all that. But if you could have any celebrity be your manager for an evening, who would you choose and why? Oh wow! Like uh, out of like anybody in the world or are you saying like absolutely um, anybody huh absolutely anybody could be wrestling could be music acting anything really if i well if i were a heel uh-huh. um, it could be a heel or right now a heel manager mm-hmm. i think makes more sense yeah. you know baby face managers don't do a whole lot mm-hmm. um i don't if i off the top of my head um 
I think, well, I really do think that Zelina Vega was mm-hmm. one of the best managers like out there. And as far as like a, a heel manager, I would definitely love to have her. Um, I mean, cause I, I just, again, I think she can just talk about anything yeah. and I think she's great at that. And, uh, managers are very under appreciated thing, mm-hmm. you know, there and there it's unfortunate because a lot of them just want to wrestle and really like they could use their talent so well as wrestler as managers and get so much heat and just bring the whole character together half the time is what usually happens so i think like selena vega would probably be up there with women um as far as men i don't know i'd have to think on that one a little bit harder Okay, no worries. And similarly, I feel like everybody, obviously, like the entrance is huge in wrestling, the allure, the theatrics, yeah. the the fireworks, all that. If you could have any musical artist or band perform an entrance music for you, who would you choose and why? Oh, hands down in this moment, um, that is a badass metal band. I am a metal fan. And uh, the lead singer, Maria Brink, is just incredible. And I actually did, I wanted her song, Adrenalize Me, to be mm-hmm. my music originally. But I know because um, of copyright stuff yeah. and whatever, a lot of promotions don't allow you to use uh, artists like that um, just in case, you know, because, uh, YouTube will flag it or the internet will flag it, um, sometimes, and you can even get a page shut down. Um, because, uh, it happened to a friend of mine who wasn't accrediting music artist. She's a personal trainer in like her Instagram and it got shut down. So, um, and she didn't get it back because of copyright laws and all that. So I was like, all right, well, I'll have something made. And I actually used, um, kayfabe music, uh, they're in the UK and I loved them and they were incredible. And I highly recommend them for anybody that needs custom music because all I had to do was send them three songs I like and, um, just kind of feel out, uh, they put something together for me and they went back and forth with me as many times as I needed to, to really, um, craft it. But, uh, yeah, adrenalize me is the song. If anybody wants to listen to it, um, by in this moment, um, and it's just a badass metal band with a, you know, female front, front man, front lady. <laughs> now, is there any song or artist you think people would be surprised to see on your personal playlist? Probably Slipknot. But again, I'm I'm a huge metal yeah. fan. I know it's weird, but like they're <laughs> one of my favorite bands and Corn, and um, I've seen them live so many times. I got Rob Zombie on my playlist. Everybody, Muir, um, just a lot of a lot of screaming metal. I love it. I really do, and a whole lot of rap too. So <laughs> I'm all over the place. I miss concerts so much, honestly. Oh, same. Yeah, I did actually. I just bought a Slipknot ticket. Ooh, when is when For is October, this? a week before Halloween in Atlanta. I cannot wait. Nice. Yeah, I have my first yeah. concert coming up in September. It's the first time in like almost two years. So I'm super excited too. Well, what sucked was I actually had um, like on Groupon, like in 2020 for yeah. summer, I had like four concerts bought um, for like under $120. Oh my gosh. Like I was so excited. Yeah. And then boom, all of them wiped. <sighs> Damn. So, but I'm I'm ready to go back to, and I plan on it uh, this summer at some point. I don't know which one is first, but I got to look. <laughs> yeah, hope I'm glad though that things are finally coming back around because the concert experiences are kind of like wrestling. You know, they're very theatrical. It. They're great environments to be in if you love them, and mm-hmm. you know, it's just like an escape, and you could just enjoy it. Exactly. Yeah, it's an escape for a lot of people. So yeah, absolutely. 
Now, lastly, as you progress forward, both personally and professionally, what are some of your personal or professional goals for maybe the next two years? Um, I would really like to start um, making a name for myself on the independent scene. Um, I It's something I would really like to do, and uh, I'm slowly but surely getting there because a lot of promotions are just coming back as well and allowing fans and I'm starting to get to know who's who here and there and, and wherever. Um, so I'm really putting myself out there, uh, doing my best to get booked. I'm, I'm ready and I'm, I'm just ready to tackle whatever comes my way. So I'm, I'm super um, adamant on doing that. I would love to eventually make it onto AEW's um, YouTube show and uh, see what, what kind of skills I could bring there uh, as well. Um, I just, you know, want to make sure that I'm ready. And QT always tells us, like, you... You know, I'll, I'll give you my honest opinion if you want to know if I think you're ready and uh, we'll see, you know, but you can always ask me and um, which is great that he's so super helpful with it. Um, and they're about to go back on the road again. So that's going to be a little bit different um, with things because they've been using a lot of talent from our school. Yeah. So we'll see how that continues and how it plays out, especially with their new Friday show coming. But I would love to do that or at least um, or maybe, you know, impact and. I mean, WWE is always, uh, you know, the the main, obviously, um, well, it's usually like what you want to, where you mm -hmm. want to get to. But I don't know if, if I think that I'm just okay. Like when I started this, I thought it was WWE or bust. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know there was such a big world of independent pro wrestling. I was, I didn't know anything about that. And it's, it's crazy now to see how far I've come in that knowledge. But I definitely would love to just be, um, you know, I would like to be just big on the independent scene if I could. WWE doesn't mean the most to me like it did anymore. Mm -hmm. But obviously, any wrestler would love to go there and it'd be great. But I would really just like to get myself out there and build up a good fan base. So um, I love connecting with people. I'd love for all of you guys to check out my YouTube channel um, at Gemma Jewels. And that's kind of actually taken off for me. Uh, the views there, I wasn't expecting it by any means. I was just posting the... the um, matches and training matches just so i could send it to my opponent or mm -hmm. whoever uh or family but they've they've really come in with the views there and uh i'm really working my ass off um trying to uh really establish myself so that's that's my biggest goal for now and like you said wwe is not the be all end all anymore like you said mm -hmm. you are working with nightmare factory which is very much associated with all elite wrestling like you said impact right. is huge too the independent scene has gotten a lot of recognition especially in the last few years so like you said i i think you have some good goals set for you and you have a very level head and you're very goal oriented so i think that is something super good for your future Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, before I let you go, where can the people find you on all your social medias? Absolutely. Well, Twitter, um, it'll be, well, my Instagram is Zoe still uh, for now. And eventually I may make a second one, but I'm trying to figure that out at the mm -hmm. moment. So um, Z-O-E underscore W101, like the show, <laughs> um, Zoe101. And then um, Gemma Jules, if you search that on YouTube, that should come up to my YouTube. And then I also have... Twitter, which I don't really like it, but I, I don't like Twitter itself, but wrestling Twitter can be fun. I can get lost in that mm -hmm. for a while. So it's also going to be the same Z-O-E underscore W-101, or um, if you search Gemma Jules, I think that comes up as well, because I'm kind of both names mm -hmm. on it, and I, I you know, always appreciate the likes, follows, feedback uh, from everybody. So definitely come check me out. 
That's so ironic, too, because I've been binging Zoe 101 on Paramount Plus like the last two weeks. So, yeah. It's a good show. Yeah, yeah. it's such a good show. I love it. (laughs) It's ironic. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Gemma slash Zoe. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it and hope to check back in with you here soon. For sure. And I look forward to everything that you are set to accomplish. And maybe one day again, we can see you maybe pop up on AW Dark or just making a, a name for yourself on the independent scene. Yeah. Thank you so much.